We are going to handle kingmakers. Yesterday we handled deliverers. Today we are handling kingmakers. And we began by saying on Monday that there are legendary prayers as well as dwarf prayers. The same way we have subsistence farming, we also have commercial farming. The same way we have men begging for help, there are men giving the help. The same way we have men fighting slavery, there are those delivering slaves. The same way we have lenders, is the same way we have borrowers. So in the Bible we said we will pick three people and look at their lives. The first one we looked at uh, yesterday was Moses. We said every person in Egypt was sweating and crying under slavery. But one man rose up and said, Lord, I will go and deliver. Everybody was crying, oh God, come and save us. One man rose up and said, Lord, send me. I am willing to go and save these people. And we said yesterday there are three things you must do if you are going to be a deliverer. Number one, a deliverer must have the fire. Moses encountered the Lord in a burning bush, which was a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And I tell you people, many books have been written about deliverance. Many conferences have been done about deliverance. Many talks have been given about deliverance. But the bottom line of deliverance is fire. If fire is there, deliverance is there. If there is no fire, however much they talk, there will be no deliverance. So the first thing you must get if you are going to be a deliverer to your people or to your area of calling, you must have the fire. The second thing we said yesterday, just to recap for those who are not there, you must have companions. Moses was given a companion called Aaron. Though they kept growing, but there was that initial companion. And we said there is a difference between great men and kingdom men. Great men may have titles, but only kingdom men have character. Great men may have a place in society, but only kingdom men have an heart of God and have a place in the heart of God. And I said to you, our prophet rebuked me when I went boasting to him about my connections. He told me, do not boast about great people, boast about kingdom people. Because kingdom people operate in the reverse psychology. The more you slow them down and give them a reason to to give up, the more they pedal and they increase speed. No wonder the more they were persecuting the church, the more the church was growing. Because the church was not full of great people. It was full of kingdom people. And I told you yesterday, a journey that was to take a few weeks ended up taking 40 years. Yet the key leaders God gave Moses kept going on with him. Because they were not good people. They were kingdom people. And I said, the kingdom does not suffer relatives or cronies or friends. The kingdom only permits for objective. And to get to this objective, you need revelatory relationships, not just good relationships. If the relationship you have with that partner of yours did not come out of revelation, you may be stranded when the wilderness becomes unbearable. Many are giving up in the wilderness, not because of the wilderness, but because in their starting of relationships, they went for what was good, not what was kingdom. Finally, we said, to be a deliverer, you need an audience. You need to know your audience. The audience of Moses, the first audience we see in Exodus, was elders. When a man is facing elders, his language must be elderly. His conduct must be elderly. His disposition must be elderly. Many are, you know, jumping up and down, messing up and down, because they are not aware that in front of them are elders, not fellow children like them, not fellow jokers like them, are elders. And I said yesterday, till you know your audience, you may not know how high to climb, how high to think, and how high to pray. So Moses decided that everybody is saying they are slaves. Me, I will be a deliverer. And I said, because of Jesus, wherever you go, you can also be a deliverer. Tell your neighbor, be a deliverer. 
The second man we are looking at, because tomorrow we are going to look at the third and last person, the second person we are looking at is the kingmaker. Because everybody in this society and this generation is trying to be king, everybody is trying to be great, everybody is trying to be a leader, few are willing to pay the price of making those leaders, of making those king, kings of making those great men. Few are willing to sit down with God and negotiate with God for greater men than themselves to rise up. So this evening, we're going to look at a man whom I love. In fact, the Lord told me to change my name to the name of that man because of the mandate upon my life. The man is called Samuel. Everybody was crying for a king. Everybody was saying, give us a king. We want to be like the other nations. God, we want a king. But one man stood up and said, well, I will go in the place of God. I will take the anointing. I will pour it on that king you want. And then I will also mentor that king. To the extent he listens, he will succeed. The day he doesn't listen, he will fall apart. I want us to look at Samuel because I am of the opinion, by the grace upon my life, that these are the days of Samuel. Who was Samuel? Samuel is born out of a barren womb. Samuel is born out of the place of impossibility. Samuel is born out of the place of limitation. Samuel is born out of the place of denial. Samuel is born out of the place of rejection. So Samuel, from the day one, is a nobody. And these are the days of the sons of nobody and daughters of nobody, and a church of nobody, and an organization of nobody, and a movement of nobody. Let me prove it to you. If you go to the scientific world, especially the technological world, the greatest innovators and greatest houses that are ruling technology did not start on the top floor. They started in the garage. Sometimes God speaks to us through the times in which we live, through the things that are going on in our times, to raise our mind to how he decides to operate in our times. The reason why Larry Page and his friends started Google in a small dormitory, the reason why Zuckerberg started in a small garage, the reason why Steve Jobs and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and Wozniak started in their garage is to show us something, that the greatest seasons are going in this period to start small. And as you see it in the world, so shall it be in the church. There was the industrial days when men started factories with loans from banks. Nowadays, it is not about loans. It is about a brilliant, persistent idea, however small it is. If it is an original idea, it will conquer the world. These, I repeat, are the days of Samuel. These are not the days to condemn yourself because of your small background. These are not the days to look down upon yourself because of your small stature. These are not the days to look at yourself because of your small village. These are the days to thrive because of your adversity. <laughs> the days of nobility is over. It is the time for the common man. The days for I was born in a rich family is over. Do you have an idea despite your family? If you don't have an idea that will strike this world, you are on your way out. That is the verdict in the marketplace and even in the church. These are not the days of big connections. These are days of big dreams held by small people. Samuel is born into the house of nobody. Imagine you are called to be a prophet and your tribe is not known to produce prophets. He was from the tribe of Ephraim. He was not even from Judah or Levi. So everything about his background was disqualifying. Before we look at how he makes kings, let us look at him as a person. Let us glory in him as a person. Let us identify with him as a person. So Samuel is born smart. And God expected him to thrive because he was born small. Samuel is born into pain and God expects him to thrive and excel because he was born into pain. 
Samuel is born out of tears of intercession. And God expects him to thrive because of the tears of intercession. Listen to me, my brothers and my sisters. When you realize there is this area of your life that is attracting too much intercession, when you realize there is this child of yours who is attracting too much intercession, when you realize there is this dream that is attracting too much intercession, know that a Samuel reality is about to be birthed. When you realize that there is this dream, there is this hope, there is this prophetic promise that is attracting too much concern from the intercessors, I tell you the truth. God is busy birthing a Samuel. And soon, kingship is going to be seen in the land. Authority is going to be seen in the land. A revolution is going to be seen on the land. I watched a family of five children. Every time they walked into a meeting, God kept plucking one of the children and saying, you come. And people could pray with tears and the child could go back home with his other siblings. And when they reached the, the other place, another man could just say, this one, come, come. I just feel like praying for you. And they kept praying and praying and praying. And this child wondered, when, what is wrong with me? Why is it I am the only one who is attracting prayer? I am the only one attracting the attention of intercessors. It's because that was the Samuel. Today we are teaching people... <laughs> to get out of, you know, uh, the way of Samuel. We are telling people, when you see a need, run away from it. No, we are not to run away from needs. We are to approach needs with intercession till we have seen a barren womb giving forth a son. You can have five children. One will be the prayer item of the family. You can have five companies or five jobs. But one job will be the attention of, the, of, of your heart and of your prayers. And when you realize there is this one thing that is bothering you and it is pushing you to prayer, know that a Samuel thing is coming out. Know that a Samuel reality is coming out. We are done with the background of Samuel. But before we go to the next thing, allow me to describe his days. Allow me to describe the days in which Samuel lived. Samuel lived in days when there was no order in the land. Samuel lived in the days when there was no morality in the land. Because the people were expected to give the morality, to give the compass, had broken the same compass. Eli is in charge of the moral compass of the nation. And Eli is busy you know, in sin, his children are busy prostituting themselves in the temple. So, in his days, there was no morality. And I know some of you parents, you are trying to excuse your child because the world nowadays is destroyed. No, even someone was born into a broken society. A broken society is not an excuse not to be great. A broken society is not an excuse to emerge as a voice of God. In fact, it is the opportunity for you to emerge. So Samuel is born into a broken society, into a broken temple, into a broken uh, village, in a broken town. And he rose up. And he became everything God had ordained for that generation. In fact, he became the answer. The Bible says, now in those days, there was no open vision. Samuel became the visionary. Now in those days, the word of God was rare. Samuel now had the word of God. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. Everything lacking in your society, be, there, be in abundance of it. Whatever is lacking in your family, have it in abundance to assume the devil. Mm. They are saying there is no prophecy. Be the prophet. They are saying there is no evangelism. Be the evangelist. They are saying there is no leadership. Be the leader. Hmm. When I transferred from Form 1, the school where I was, to Form 2 in another school, which was very reputable, the first words my mother told me was, that school is so strict. I see them just expelling you within a month. I said, thank you, Jesus. I am going to be a leader in that school. 
In, in, instead of just being a student, I am going to be a leader. Then they, this is what I did. They used to wear white, the commoners, and the prefects used to wear blue. So I went and took a blue shirt by faith, and I could put it on every night and give a speech in front of the mirror. I did that faithfully for one year. The second year, I was given two posts as a prefect. And my mother saw me wearing that blue shirt, and she didn't know where to put her mouth. Negative comments are your opportunity to become the opposite. Negative thoughts are there an opportunity for you to become the opposite. When they are expecting you to, die, to, to drop down, that is now your opportunity to rise up. In those days, there was no vision. There was no dream. There was no word from the Lord. Samuel became the epitome of what was lacking. He provided the goods that were missing in the market. How do you become a kingmaker? Begin to despise the shame that is surrounding you. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, who for the joy that was before him, he despised the shame. He despised the limitations. He despised the obstructions. So Samuel knows very well that he has, born, he has been born in a generation that is not pro-prophecy. It is not provision. It is not pro-dreams. And the exact things that were not available in the land, Samuel began to have them in abundance. I pray for you who was born in a poor family. Be the epitome of what prosperity is. I pray for you who was born in a family of drunkards. Be the epitome of what sobriety is. And trust God to give you children who shall kick that devil in the face. I like it when God gives us the pen of history. And he tells us, my son or my daughter, behold an open book. Write the glory you want to see. Write the honor you want to see. Write the greatness you want to see. That is the beauty of the new birth. It is a new birth because it gives us a new chance that we did not have. There is no vision in the land. There is no dreams. And a man becomes what we call a seer. The very people who are blind like Eli, Samuel becomes the opposite. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. Anybody sitting above you, be, be it in high places or in an immediate place, may you become the epitome of everything is not to the glory of Jesus. If your boss is blind, be a seer. If your boss is deaf, be a hearer. If your boss is, 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 is not able to speak, be the speaker. Every land, listen to me, every land is always going to have challenges. Because without challenges, those called by God will be irrelevant. Every land will have this challenge or that challenge. But challenges is what gives us our relevance. Do not be the man who runs away from challenges. Be not be the man who runs away from war. <laughs> One time I'm watching a movie and the man says, how do you know the face of a coward? He's back when he walks away from the battle. <laughs> and that time the man has just turned away eh, and apologized and left his office in half. Then he says, how do you know the face of a coward? He's back when he's walking away from the battle. And I tell you the truth in the name of Jesus. Be the face of what God is needing in wherever you are. Be the face. If the people around you are quarrelsome, be the face of what quarrel, lack of quarrel is. So I come to my point. There is no king in the land. And do you know what happened? Because there was no king, there was no order. Do you know what happened? Because there was no king, there was no treasury. Where there is no treasury, there is no taxation. Therefore, there cannot be development, especially what we call controlled development. As a result of lack of treasury and taxation, there was no industry. You read in the book of 1 Samuel that a day came for battle, and there was no single spear in the whole land. There was no single sword in the whole land. All the industries had collapsed, and they were non-existence. Why? There was no king. And because of lack of kingship, the people struggled, the people sweated, the people suffocated. And Samuel is born into that generation. He grows up into that generation. And my Bible tells me, in those days, the word of the Lord began to come to Samuel. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. 
may the word begin to come to you. The word about how to restructure the broken industries in your family. The word about how to restructure the broken places in your family. May the word come to you in the name of Jesus. I know there is no sword right now. I know there is no spear right now to go to battle. But may the word of the Lord come to you to raise up industries that will produce the swords in the name of Jesus. So the word of the Lord begins to come to someone. And he looks in the whole land. There is no structure. There is no state house. There is no temple. There is nothing. But thank God. Samuel did not begin by raising an army. He didn't begin by raising money. He didn't begin even by making friends. Do you know what he did? He began by praying. And he began to talk to the Lord. When people are agitating, we want a king, we want a king. Samuel closed his ears, ran back to pray. And there he heard heaven. He didn't hear the noise. Which brings me to another distinction of a kingmaker. Kingmakers don't listen to noise. They listen to God. Out in the streets, people are protesting. People are having billboards. We want a king. We want a king. In the chamber, God is busy giving the constitutional framework of how the land is about to be restructured. Remember what we said one time here? That leaders give policy or make policies while commoners make noise. People make noise to Moses. We want water. And Moses is also thirsty just like them. And Moses negotiates with God on how to implement a policy framework to get them water. May the Lord remove you from the list of noisemakers. May the Lord now make you a policy maker. May the Lord remove you from those clamoring for change. May the Lord make you the change. So people are making noise. They want a king. Samuel is not making noise. Samuel is making intercession. <laughs> the temptation to join the, the noisemakers is the greatest you can ever come across. Some of you, you marry into families and immediately you walk in, noisemakers are, are, are already there. Hey, 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 and do you know, and do you know, and do you know. And you are tempted to join the noisemakers, forgetting you are called for a higher place. You are not to be a commoner. You are to be a kingmaker. Commoners will never see beyond politics. It is only the kingmakers who will see the mind and the heart of God. So there is noise making, people clamoring for kingship. And then there is intercession, a man talking to the Lord. How do we bring this throne on this place? And by the time Samuel is done talking, the Lord told him, go back to the same noise makers, quiet them down, give them my mind. I pray in the name of Jesus, wherever you appear, may people see the mind of God. Wherever you appear, may people begin to see the heart of God. Wherever you appear, may people begin to see the personification of the glory of God. Wherever you appear, may people see the embodiment of divinity. So Samuel goes back to the same crowd. Not to join them in the noise making, but to now quiet them like an adult. And when he was done quieting them, he gave them the pros and the cons of the kingship. Listen to me. Let me address you by faith. Kingmakers. Let me address you by faith. Kingmakers. I say, let me address you by faith. Kingmakers. Listen to me, kingmakers. In your making of kings, you will come across two different kind of kings. One is demanded of the people or is a product of the people's clamor and the people's noise. The next one is the king made by God. Your job is to ask God, even this one who is not of you, do I make him? And if the Lord tells you yes, make him, but don't make him with your heart. Make him with your hands. Are you hearing me? Samuel does not go to the home of Saul. Did he go? No. Samuel does not even shake hands with, the, with Kish. No. 
Samuel does not even know Saul's uncle or Saul's brother. Samuel just says, hey, tell that young man to go away. Go, 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 go. Uh, Saul, that says the Lord, be king. And then he steps back. But when it came to David, the darling of heaven, he went right to the sitting room of Jesse. He sat down with the elders and they conversed and they threw a feast. There was a difference between these two kings. Am I confusing you? There are people you have to help, but help them with your hands. But the ones from heaven, help them with your hands and your heart and your mind because never will you be disappointed. They will always live to the promise. When it comes to Saul, I just take the oil, pour it, Hikonini, pour it, the man will be king. Next time he's, look, he's being looked for, he's hiding in some rubbish and he's called out, Oh, Kumbe, you're hiding, come here. Is this the king? And the people said, Yes! And Samuel did not give a comment beyond that. Why? In his heart as a prophet, he knew this one is going to be a loser. This one will not make it. But I have to do my duty. There are people you do because of duty. Others you do because of worship. Can I keep talking? As a kingmaker, there are men you just lend your influence. You don't give it. You lend Meaning you can recall it back any time. So Samuel appears like the boss. He says, listen to me, Saul. I am the one God, no, uh, God appointed to make you king. Now listen to the word of the Lord. Listen. And he says, okay, go kill these people. Blah, blah, blah. When Samuel came back the next time, he said, I told you to listen. You did not listen. God has rent the kingdom from you. And he walked out. By the time he turned his back, the man never recovered. Listen to me, kingmakers. God has given you the power to kill and to make alive. God has given you the power to raise and to bring down. Use that power carefully. Not every man who wants to be made must be made with all of your heart because some men are prone to disappoint. However, we must show them mercy, but show them mercy with caution. Meaning anytime we can call them back and say, did I give you this job? Did I give you this opportunity? Did I give you this influence? I am sorry. I am taking it back. I hope now you understand why God had to tell David, my son, my son, shh, shh, relax. You, I will never take away my sure masses from you. You, you are different. I will not do like I did to Saul. But how did he do it to Saul? Through a vessel called Samuel. Kingmakers, we have the power to hire and fire. And from tonight, we are going to lift our hands and hire. We are also going to lift our hands and fire. Oh, sorry. There are men we will institute. There are men also we will deinstitute if there is such an English. There are men we will rise up. Others will say, now, if you don't repent, you are coming down. I hope now you understand why when Samuel entered the town of Bethlehem, the Bible says the elders met him at the gate trembling and asking, do you come in peace? Oh my God, my first, Samuel, my first name is Samuel. Boy, I love it when elders are squeaking and shaking because it shows there is glory. It shows there is a sword at work. It shows there is power at work. For your information. By the time this man is showing up in the Bethlehem, he has, he, has, he has slain a king with his bare hands. The Bible says, bring me Agag, because he will be put to death. And the Bible says, Samuel slew him. A man who slays a king with his hands, when he shows up in your town, do you go to it, Gideri? <laughs> there are those looking for connections. There are those preparing to be the connection. There are those looking for favors. There are those preparing to be the favor. And tonight, as for many who will have faith, that is going to be your portion. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So Samuel shows up in Bethlehem. And the elders meet him trembling because they know 
This is the one who told Saul, rise up and be king. And he became king and we saw it. The same guy said, Agag, come here. Sha! And Agag died. The same man turned to Saul, you! The Lord has departed from you. And he walked away. Now that he's in our city, what next? I was teaching uh, a few friends of mine in this place. And I was telling them, one of the spirits that walked with Jesus on this earth, we see it in uh, Isaiah 11 verse 2, was a spirit of might. A spirit of might is when we give you this microphone and you don't, you don't bite your fingers and turn like this. Okay? The spirit of might is when we give you this microphone and you say, Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! And you shake the building. Not because you have eaten a lot of food, but because on your inside, boy, you have the Holy Ghost. The spirit of might is when you look at a devil and you say, come close, I want to kick you. And I pray for you in the name of Jesus. As you go out to make kings, walk in the spirit of might. Walk in the spirit of might because there is nothing the Holy Ghost cannot do through you. So I told these friends of mine, when you stand there, please show us some might. The might of the Holy Ghost. Not the might of your background. Not the might of anything. The might of the Holy Ghost. And might is an attitude. It is also a spirit. So Jesus is only 30. Some of you are already 60. But Jesus is only 30. And he stands before all these you know, categories of people. And never did he apologize. He only produced results after results after results. Why? There was a spirit in him. And this spirit, I believe, was the spirit of might. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. May every weakness leave your mind. May every weakness leave your heart. May every weakness leave your CV. May every weakness leave your marriage. In the mighty name of Jesus. We weed out weakness. We weed out droopiness. We weed out discouragement. We weed out confusion. In the name of Jesus. A kingmaker must be mighty. Because he has a spirit of might. To make, you have to be great. But to be great, you have to be mighty on the inside. Listen to me. Apart from the fact that Samuel was just called Samuel, there are about three qualities that Samuel had that you need to have if you are going to be a kingmaker. The Bible calls him a seer. Meaning, Samuel had eyes to see. Jesus says something I love quoting every time. He says, how can the blind lead the blind? Meaning, leadership and sight is intertwined. They are directly proportional. You lose sight, you lose leadership. You lose leadership, you lose sight. Before you can be a maker, do you see? Before you can be a maker, do you have eyes that see? And I pray for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Begin to see. Not with optical eyes, but with spiritual eyes. Begin to see, not with Googles, but with faith. Begin to see in the name of Jesus. Samuel is a seer. So you come to him and you are 30, he knows you are going to be king. Next time you come to him and you are 17, like David, he knows you are going to be king. Next time you come to him, the Bible says, and Agag came smiling, feeling that the, the, the pangs of death had already gone. Samuel still sees, so that this one is meant for death. You could never fool Samuel. I pray in the name of Jesus. May the days of you being conned and being fooled come to an end in the name of Jesus. May the Lord raise you above every kind of seduction, every kind of foolishness, every kind of carnality and conniving. May the Lord raise you up in the name of Jesus. So Agar comes to fool Samuel, and Samuel says, boys, it is a day to die, not a day to smile. And Saul comes before Samuel feeling unworthy. And Samuel tells him, it is a day to be king. Why? Samuel was not operating by senses. He was operating by discernment. I pray in the name of Jesus. May the Lord take you beyond senses. May the Lord give you discernment. May the Lord take you beyond common sense. May he give you spiritual sense in the name of Jesus. A kingmaker must be a seer. That is the first thing. Second thing, Samuel is not just a seer. Samuel is an intercessor. There are things you will tell people, but there are things you can only tell God. To be a kingmaker, you should know when to pour your heart and your mind and your anointing to people. And also, 
when you should pour it only to the Lord. The curtains must be two. The public gallery and the private gallery. Today the problem is that many are spending all their time in the public gallery till they have nothing to draw from in the private gallery. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, may your life get order. May you know the private and also the public. May God give you the grace to survive in the public as much as he gives you grace to survive in the private. Samuel stands before the people when it is time to stand before the people. Then he also goes to stand before God when it was time to stand before God. And I love what the Bible says. One of the reasons I'm not reading through is because our time is really gone. It's almost eight. One of, the, one of the things Samuel does, he goes to the Lord and he cries the whole night. Laboring in prayer the whole night. Away from the cameras. Away from the microphone. He was there before the Lord. You know, knocking on, 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 on the heart of God. Touching his heart. Touching his mind. And the more he was doing this in, public, in private, the few minutes he had in public were critical and scary. You know, there are men I've met in my life who do not need five minutes with you. Two seconds. One word. And you are sorted. These are the men who prove the reality we see in First Peter. That a day with the Lord is like a thousand years. Why? When they sit, the more you sit before the Lord. When you live, you live with an ancient touch. People feel like they have known you for ten years by spending time with you just for ten minutes. And I pray for you in the name of Jesus. May the Lord synthesize your time. May the Lord make your time to be synthesized. So that you do not spread out for many hours. There are people who must advise you for 10 hours before you can get one single inspiration. But there are people, even their smile is already a, a message. I pray may the Lord synthesize you. May the Lord make you such a potent drug. May the Lord make you such a potent solution. When they touch you a bit, they are sorted. Now you understand why Jesus only took three years and he was done. Why? Before the three years, they were the 30 years spent with the Father. I pray in the name of Jesus. May the Father's time be precious to you. May the Father give you a heart that is precious for seeking Him in the name of Jesus. Samuel is a seer. Samuel is also an intercessor. And sometimes, dear fathers, dear mothers, before you go out to meet your child, meet God who created that child. You only gave birth to Him, but you did not create Him. Meet the Creator. Before you have become a messenger to that child, you'll see the difference. One time my dad calls me and he's like, oh, this is going on, this is going on about this and this. I told him, dad, listen, those are just your children, but they are not your creation. Their creator is in heaven. Don't talk to me about them. Talk to him about them. May the Lord make you an intercessor with the revelation. That as you intercede, you know the breath of God will back you up in the public gallery in the name of Jesus. Samuel, just like all of us, okay? Just like all of us. That's a mistake that I pointed out yesterday. Samuel decides to mix business with the family. In First Samuel chapter 8, we see Samuel putting his sons to be in charge of the land. And boy did they fail. Because I told you yesterday, the kingdom does not have friends. The kingdom does not have family. The kingdom does not have acquaintances. The kingdom only has an objective. When Samuel began to mix family with the kingdom, his reputation began to be shredded in pieces. The Bible says, and the elders came to him and said, Aha, you are now old, and your sons are not walking after the Lord like you. They are corrupt, they are taking bribes. Now Samuel give us a king. And Samuel tried to go and cry to God, and the, the debate was against him. God told him, you have to give it to them. Your sons, they cannot rule. Allow me to give you a warning that is so heavy in my heart. There's a man, if I mention just one, is, one of his names, all of you will say, wow, there's a man who started out small, running a Christian company with a friend. 
After a while, this thing became a world empire. It became big. Some of you, immediately you enter your house, one of his products will be right in your sitting room. And so the man grew. The thing grew. And one day the Lord told him, Now, my son, you have become old. You need to hand over. And because this thing was now multi-billion, all over the world it was now having presence, the man decided to hand it over to the son, the firstborn son. And the Lord told him, no, I want you to hand over to this friend of yours. He is not as charismatic, he is not as visible, nobody even knows him, but I know him, and I want him to take over. The man refused. The Lord told him, okay, I am going to discipline you. So the wife had cancer. He cried to the Lord. The Lord told him, will you do what I told you? He said, just heal her. The Lord healed the lady. Now, do what I've told you. The man still insisted. His son must take over. The problem with this son was that he was corrupt and he was promiscuous and he was not walking in the fear of God. After a while, the, the wife died as a, as a measure to, to, to turn this man down. And the man did not listen. After a while, the man wrote his will, handed over everything to the son, and after that, he died. A friend of mine was taken to heaven, and the Lord told him, Look, where is this man? The man plus his wife were all rotting in hell. They have changed the whole world. But because they missed to know the difference between kingdom and family, they disobeyed the Lord and paid the ultimate price. If I mention the name of that man, you'll be like, oh boy, I can't mention his name. But listen to me. Samuel does the ultimate foolishness that a lot of great people have done, and I pray never do. Samuel became emotional. A king cannot be emotional. A king can only be great. Did you hear what I've said? A king cannot be emotional. A king can only be great. A king cannot take orders from his cronies and his friends. A king can only take orders from the objective and the target of the finishing line. The moment you begin to reward those you think deserve to be rewarded, the moment you begin to bring close those you think should be brought close, your legacy will perish. Samuel brought his sons inside and his legacy began to go down. By the time he's dying, he died the father of immoral, corrupt children, not the prophet who had walked before the Lord all his life. And I speak as a man sent by God. I beg you to listen. Do not mix kingdom and relationships or family. Do not mix power with feelings. You will kill your legacy. When you are praying, do not pray out of feelings. Pray out of principles. Pray out of destiny. Pray out of your assignment. Jesus said, unless you live mother and father, even your own life, you cannot be my disciple. Samuel is a seer. Samuel is a, an intercessor. But Samuel also is a politician. And that is what ended him. Because when you begin to bring your sons in, you know your sons will also come with their friends, right? And their friends will also come with their friends. And before you know it, you are appeasing parties. You are not doing the will of God. The kingdom of God has suffered because men became political, not spiritual. Men began to balance portfolios, not to do the will of God in spirit and in truth. Now listen to me. Fourth thing. Samuel is a judge. And by judge, I want you to feel the spirit of God as he speaks to you tonight. By judge, it means Samuel sees the oppression and the imbalance in the land. And he says, I must rise up and judge this. Samuel sees how the house of God is, is, is swinging and suffering and getting ashamed. And Samuel says, no, I must go and stop this. As long as there is no judgment on the land, the people will suffer. As long as there is no judgment in the house of God, the people plus the God who they love will suffer. 
Judgment is no longer about you are right, you are wrong. Judgment is about bringing balance, bringing order, bringing tranquility, bringing sobriety. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, whatever is swinging through your life, may it be stabilized. I pray in the name of Jesus, whatever is broken through your life, may it be fixed. I pray in the name of Jesus, whatever is falling apart through your life, may it rise up again. I pray in the name of Jesus, whatever is, is confused through your life, may it get order in the name of Jesus. I say again, these are the days of someone. These are the days when we see injustice and we rise up in prayer and we correct it. These are the days when we see imbalance and through the name of Jesus, we rise up and we bring the balance. These are the days when we see poverty. We rise up and we bring prosperity. When that is your art, to see judgment on the land, God will make you a legend. God will give you the blessing that he gave to Samuel. What blessing did he give to Samuel? We saw it on Monday. Jeremiah chapter 15 verse, verse 1. Though Moses and Samuel were to stand before me and pray for these people, I will not listen. You become the SI unit. You become the standard of prayer. You become the reference of prayer. You become the epitome of a prayer warrior. But you have to begin by having a heart bigger than the four walls of your house. Women, listen to me. There is no justice when there are children around you suffering. You may not have the money to give them, but you have prayers to pray for them. The other day I was telling a friend of mine, and I was, at that time I don't know whether I was bitter or I was anointed. You will tell me after this. You can look at me. You are seeing me. That time I don't know whether I was bitter or anointed. But I said, why were we created to men? Why were we created on top of that men of God? Why were we ever anointed? If this will happen. And I was God. I was, whew, I don't know what was going on. But my friend knows. And I said there is a reason why we were given muscles. There is a reason why we were given the body. There is a reason why we were given the voice. There is a reason. There is a reason why we are created men. There is a reason why we were anointed with fire and the oil of the Holy Ghost. There is a reason. And when you put that reason to practice, you are on your way to being a legend. Men, you can listen to me. Some of you are listening to this recording. God has put an investment on us. And we have to make man don't matter. We have to make the existence of men matter. Same thing with women listening to me. There is a reason why you are created female. You have to make it matter. Justice is not about going to the court in, in the CBD. Justice is about men knowing why they were created. Men knowing why they were given the chance they were given. Someone knows he has been given a chance. Why? What was the chance? He was born out of a barren womb. He was never to have been born. Samuel knows he has been given a chance. Few have been given. And he rises up and he says, I will not squander this chance. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. You are the salvation of Jesus. Make it count. You have the power of the Holy Ghost. Make it count. You is illiterate while others are illiterate. Make it count. You can speak better English and others cannot. Make it count. You can use the computer. Make it count. The Bible says this kingdom is like a merchant who went trading. Our God is a trader. Our God is a businessman. And Moses later on is told, you shall take some of your authority and invest it in Joshua so that the people may obey him. The authority upon Joshua, the anointing upon Joshua was an investment. It had to bring results. You begin to be judged when you realize everything about your voice must bring results. Everything about your anger must bring results. Everything about your annoyance must bring results. Everything about your moments of prayer and fasting must bring results. And I pray today in the name of Jesus, may God make you results makers. May God make you productive in everything that you do, however ordinary, however spiritual, however personal, however public. May God make your existence to be productive in Jesus' name. I need to close. Samuel does us the greatest favor in the Old Testament. What does he do that you can also do? 
Samuel gave us David. David gave us Jesus. The greatest king Samuel ever raised up was David. And today David may be buried. But the spirit in which he walked is not buried. Are you listening to me? Today David may be buried. But the songs he sang, in the spirit he sang them, they are not buried. Today David may be buried. But the poetry he wrote from the bottom of his heart are not buried. Today David may be buried. But the prayers he prayed and the vows he made to God are not buried. Today David may be buried. But the promises God made to him are not buried. I pray in the name of Jesus. May the kings that you make outlast you. May the legacy that you help others to create outlast you. May you be made even to be a kingmaker of men greater than you. In the mighty name of Jesus. May you raise other people's sons who shall be greater. Because in their greatness is your legacy. How do you become the maker of David? David has a son. His name is Jesus. Everywhere you go, you have a duty to raise David. You have a duty to raise the son of David. Not to raise yourself, but to raise the son of David. Not to raise your agenda, but to raise the son of David. The son of David is Jesus. Some of you are looking for a raise of money instead of a raise of Jesus. Some of you are looking for a raise of your eyes instead of a raise of Jesus. The day like today, when you shall decide that wherever I go, the son of David must be raised up. My brother, my sister, you are on your way to being a legend. You are on your way to being truly great. You walk into a village... And you are not concerned whether your vehicle is dusty or not dusty. You are not concerned whether your shoe was polished or not polished. You are more concerned that by the time I am done, has the son of David been anointed king in this place or not? And if it is not, Lord, what can I do? Samuel goes to Bethlehem, Judah. Bethlehem, Judah. And the Bible says when he entered there, number one, there was a feast. Number two, there were elders who honored him. Number three, there was the old town which came to a standstill. Number four, there was the family protocol, domestic affairs. All this blah, blah, blah did not concern him. What concerned him was this. Where is the man God wants to raise? And today, that man is Jesus. Where is the man God wants to honor? Today, that man is Jesus. You know, sometimes, some of you are bothered by protocol, and bothered by whether the food was hot or cold, and bothered by whether the drink was, was enough or not enough, and you forget that before you, there was a man. His name was Samuel. He was not concerned about protocol. He was not concerned about domestics. He was only concerned about, where is this man? And he gave a command, he said, nobody will sit down till this man arrives. Nobody will have rest till this man arrives. And I decree in authority in the name of Jesus, nobody in your family will rest till the man Jesus has arrived. Nobody in your family will sit down till the man Jesus has arrived. Nobody in your village will get it easy till Jesus has arrived. No matter what they get, no matter the development they achieve, they will not find rest till the man has arrived. So David keeps the people waiting. And I pray, may the, Dev, may the son of David keep those people waiting. May the son of David keep them standing. May the son of David keep them praying. May the son of David keep them hoping. May the son of David keep them expecting. When that happens, who? Samuel can go back to Ramah. And Samuel can now be the legend. God will remember for history. You will not be remembered for how smooth your protocol is. You will not be remembered for how smooth the chairs you sat on were. You will not be remembered for how smooth the food was. You will be remembered that when you entered that room, the son of David appeared. When you entered that room, the son of David manifested. When you entered that room, the son of David was crowned. Listen to me. Jesus is already the chosen one of God, but he's waiting for us to crown him. David was already chosen, but he was waiting for Samuel to crown him. Samuel is you and I. Jesus is already crowned. He is already accepted by heaven. The same way David was already accepted by heaven. In fact, David was spoken of before even he was appearing physically. Samuel is told by God, there is a man I have already chosen. He will do everything in my heart. 
In the heaven it was already done. But the question was this. Was it already done on earth? A man had to take a journey. I pray for you. May you no longer take a journey to go even treating sicknesses and settling debts and all these things that are of the world. May you begin taking journeys to go crown the son of David wherever he's not yet crowned. May you take journeys. If those journeys are spiritual in prayer, may you take them by faith. If you have to fuel your vehicle and take that journey, may you fuel your vehicle by faith. If you have to go online and take a journey to other lands to witness to them, may you take the journey. Samuel took a journey because David was accepted by heaven but not yet accepted among his people. And today we have a duty, my dear brothers and sisters, we have a duty to crown the son of David. We have a duty to make sure that nobody will sit down. Do you know the meaning of people sitting down? When people think because of their pension, they are alright without Jesus. When people think because of their, their medical degree, they are okay without Jesus. When people think because of their mutual funds, they are okay without Jesus. May you be the voice that will tell them, never sit down. May you be the man who will remind them, never sit down. And I send a prayer in the spiritual realm to every village represented in this place, to every family represented in this place. May there be no sitting down. May there be no sitting down till the son of David has been manifested. Somebody begin to pray. May there be no sitting down. May there be no relaxing. May there be no relaxing. May there be no partying. May there be no eating and drinking. Whether it is Christmas or New Year, as long as they have not accepted the son of David, whose name is Jesus, May there be no rest for them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we summon the elders not to sit down. We summon the brothers and the sisters not to sit down. We summon relatives and friends not to sit down till the son of David has been crowned Lord of all. David is anointed and Samuel says it is done. He goes back to Ramah and he never does any other public function. Why? When the king has taken over, we have done our job. May you never die till your king has taken over. May you never go home till your king has taken over. May you never hold the mic again till your king has taken over. I pray in the name of Jesus, may the king take over. So that your existence is no longer necessary. Because your purpose in this earth has been done. Someone leaves the scene. Because the king has now appeared. I pray may the Lord bring an end to your unnecessary journeys to those villages. May the Lord bring an end to those unnecessary vi uh, visits to those hospitals. By showing up on your behalf. May your word alone be enough. May your decree be enough from today. Stand up on your feet. May your decree be enough from today. In the mighty name of Jesus. May the word you speak from today be enough. Every speech you give, may the king show up so that you can step back. Every decree you make, may the king show up so that you step back. In the mighty name of Jesus. We minimize your presence and we amplify his presence. We minimize your schedule and we amplify his schedule. We minimize your place and we maximize this place in the mighty name of Jesus when you appear to your children tonight may they see the king of kings may you no longer need to tell them long stories may the king satisfy them in the mighty name of Jesus when you meet your spouse may you no longer need a lot of stories may the king show up and satisfy her and satisfy him in the mighty name of Jesus may you no longer need to smile broadly to the boss may the king appear before the boss and be sufficient for you in the mighty name of Jesus I send you back to Rama because the king is taking his place. I send you back to your rest because the king is taking his place. I send you back to worship because the king is taking his place. I send you back to the place of honor because the king is taking his place. I send you back to relaxing because the king is taking his place in the name of Jesus. And someone doesn't have to fight Goliath. The king fought Goliath. Samuel doesn't have to cut the head of Goliath anymore. The king took care of Goliath's head. Samuel doesn't have to go shouting in battle. The king shouted in battle. I pray may every shout come to an end. May the king take care of the shout. May every giant come to an end. May the king take care of the giant. May every kind of curse come to an end. May the king take care of the curse. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
Lord, we pray right now. Appear to our places of disrespect. Appear to our places of struggle. And be made manifest. Appear to our place, my Father, of dishonor. Be our honor, Lord Jesus. Appear to our place of speech making. Be our speech, Lord Jesus. Oh, Rebebe Shatarababa. Appear, Lord Jesus. Appear. Take over, Lord Jesus. Take over. Take over, Lord Jesus. Take over your place. May the people who have been mocking now begin to worship because you have taken over. Samuel going to Rama. We pray we may go back to our places of rest. We pray we may go back to our places of rest. As we see the king taking over. As we see the king manifesting. The king is the name of Jesus. Jesus begin to take over. Begin to take over this politics. Begin to take over this the, demonic things. Begin to manifest and kick them. And take care of them. In the mighty name of Jesus. May the appearance of Jesus render you to rest. May the appearance of Jesus now give you the true rest. This we decree as you become the kingmaker whose name is Jesus. In Jesus' name. I love you. See you tomorrow.